Happy Friday, everyone. On today's show, we look at the first week of NHL action. We're going to talk about all the standout teams and players. Who's off to a great start? How have the new coaches fared behind the bench? And what does this weekend hold in store for key games to watch? All that and more on today's Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked On NHL for October 14th. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders, and you can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. How are we doing this Friday morning, Gil? Well, it's Friday, so we're doing well. Mm -hmm. And hockey is back, full swing. All 32 teams have uh, at least played one game. So even though my Islanders did not do particularly well last night, uh, happy to have hockey back and to have the weekend ahead. Exactly. I think I'm still recovering from that Mason Marchmont goal for the Stars against the Preds. He dangled three guys. It was pretty impressive. It was a beautiful thing to watch. All right, let's uh, start with some early impressive performances. I would say the theme of the first week of the NHL is the stars are starring and not the Dallas variety, but the NHL stars as well. Uh, You know, McDavid with his hat trick versus the Canucks having a four point game. Uh, Rantanen got four assists versus the Blackhawks for the Avs and uh, Pasternak just doing pasta things for the Bruins, <laughs> four points versus the Caps. Uh, I think that's really been the early theme is like the guys who you expect to do big things are doing big things. Yeah. I mean, there have been a couple of surprises out there, but uh, yeah, you know, you got your, uh, your star players really playing well. Sidney Crosby, a three point game in, in Pittsburgh's season opener, uh, certainly, uh, you know, maybe one surprise though. How about Nino Niederreiter? Three goals in three games already for Nashville. Yeah, I think it's hard to judge that. He's a little higher in the stats standings, which are always out of whack and fun at the beginning of the yes. season uh, because he's played more games. But still impressive nonetheless to start the season. And uh, that's one of my favorite things I think about early season hockey is the small sample size things where you get all these like crazy people in the, the tops of the leaderboards. And uh, but I think in this case, like I said, I think it's mostly guys you would expect to be there. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, there's something comforting about that, too. You're starting a new season, and it's like, okay, the guys are back, and you look at the leaderboard, and and it's the stars who are shining, you know? I mean, uh, David Krejci, John Tavares, Chris Kreider, 
some very familiar names up at the top of this list. And, you know, in a sense, that's good for the game because you want to see, you know, most people pay money to see the best players play at their best. And to see that early on in the year is certainly encouraging. It, it absolutely is. And I'm having a lot of fun with that for sure. I, I do want to call out one younger guy and Maddie Beniers uh, is off to a pretty strong start. I would say two games, three points. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for these younger guys, even with high expectations like that to break in. But uh, I think he's doing well for Seattle and I'm really enjoying him on the Kraken. Uh, we can talk about some teams that are doing well to start or have had some individual impressive performances in a game. Uh, despite the fact that the Avs are one and one, four power play goals against the Blackhawks. And yes, I do understand it's the Blackhawks. And <laughs> they are one of the weaker teams this season. Certainly their special teams leave a lot to be desired, but still to to manage four power play goals in a single game, it, it just shows what firepower they have on that team. And in terms of how fast they are and their puck movement is so good. Oh, unbelievable. Watching their power play, it's like a work of art. And then I have to watch the Islanders power play and <laughs> less so. Let's let's be polite and put it that way. But, you know, you, you look at, you know, Nathan McKinnon and, and you know, uh, Lekkinen and so much so many talented players. McCarr, obviously, Nachuskin. These, these guys move the puck so well and so quickly and they move without the puck as well. Makes it very hard on the defending team. And yeah, again, small sample size, but they are so productive. Four power play goals in a game. Write this down. It's not going to be the only time this year they do that. Uh, I will hold you to that, Gil. <laughs> I think the biggest impressive start for me is the New York Rangers. I think both of us are, are not really excited to say that, but you got to give credit where credit's due with, with the Rangers. Very decisive wins over the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Minnesota Wild, scoring seven versus the Wild last night, Panarin uh, with four points. And I just think they're really meticulous about how they're attacking the game so far, uh, playing to their strengths and really taking away some of the advantages of, of these other teams. I, I watched a good percentage of their game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they just seem to have an answer for everything that Tampa does well. They did. It, it, it's the sign of a well-coached team. And I think, you know, you look at the opponents, both Tampa Bay and Minnesota are considered very solid teams, you know, very good teams. They win one game at home, one on the road. Uh, it's an encouraging start for the New York Rangers. There were some offseason changes that we talked about on the show mm -hmm. a couple of weeks back where, you know, so many of the guys they brought in at the trade deadline last year did not stay. And you were worried about chemistry and whether or not they would uh, be hitting the ground running to start the season. They've answered that in spades, beating two quality teams decisively in their first two games. Absolutely. So got to keep an eye on those pesky Rangers. But uh, 
uh, we will try and get through the season being in the same division as them. Uh, speaking of the same division for surprises, I got to say, did not expect my Flyers to win opening night. I, I know it's the Devils and there are mixed expectations of the Devils. That's for sure. Some people think they'll take a big step forward. Some people still have them kind of near the bottom of the division. But uh, I just this Flyers team leaves a lot to be desired on paper. But they came out and said, uh-uh, we're going to. We're going to prove you all wrong, at least for one game against a uh, mediocre team, let's say. Well, look, you know what? You take your wins when and where you can get them. We know expectations for the Flyers this year are not exceptionally high. But, you know, you win 5-2. to You get off to a, a solid start in front of your home fans. And, you know, one thing that can happen a team that maybe has low expectations, you get off to that hot start, you gain confidence, that can lift you higher than maybe you were expecting to be over the course of the season. It's a good start for the Flyers, and and maybe they can build on it. I was especially pleased that Travis Konechny seems to have his shot back uh, to some degree uh, with two goals in the game. And uh, I thought he played pretty well. So hopefully that bodes well for him and the Flyers season overall. I think the other big surprise for me is that the Kings did not get off to a a great start. They're 0-2 and I think they have a lot of high expectations coming into this season. We've talked about it in terms of, you know, they, they got to the playoffs maybe a year early for them. So there's expectations to continue that into this season. And, you know, it's not like they've played horribly, but I think that, you know, having a win to start the season would have been obviously better for them in terms of momentum. No question about that. And, you know, again, right right now it's been two games and, and you got to hope that, uh, that they can sort of break out of it. But once you start getting beyond two games, you start getting to three games, four games in a row that you're slumping. That starts to get into your head a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how the Kings handle this little taste of adversity to start the season. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I will say I I appreciate at the very least Jonathan Quick's 47 saves on 51 shots in that loss to Vegas. Uh, Man, he stood on his head. That's a lot of shots to face. And so I want to at least shine a light on that glimmer of hope for the Kings because that was a real great performance. It was, and they're going to need some great performances from Quick, like he provided last year, surprised a lot of people by having that bounce back season. They're going to need him if they're going to meet expectations this year. Absolutely. All right. We are going to talk about some of the new head coaches behind the bench for some of these teams and see what kind of start they're off to coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. Yeah, betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and now that the season has started officially, hockey. 
You can head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Gil, we had a whole bunch of changes on the NHL coaching carousel this offseason. And I think for a lot of them, getting off to a strong start was really important. And I think that, you know, some of the coaches that were hired were surprising and some of them were, I think, pretty expected. But I do want to start off by calling out Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights. I think a lot of people were thinking that because of their cap woes and just with everything going on with the lineup of that team, that Cassidy might have a hard time with the Vegas Golden Knights. But it seems like he's gelling with that team so far. Yeah, they seem to be responding to his philosophy and 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 the way he's handling things off to a nice 2-0 start. Now, okay, it's it's, you know, they have a they they won two games by a goal, but uh, you know, winning the the first two games sets a nice tone in Vegas and and look, Cassidy is is a proven winner in this league as a coach. He's got uh, a very good track record with Boston and I think you know, the change is looking good so far for Vegas. Yeah, I think uh, they are in a really good position and he's a, a really solid coach who does have very clear systems and ways of doing things that I think a team like Vegas needs to have in order to succeed. Um, so I, I think that that should end up being a good fit, but uh, I, I, you know, obviously Again, small sample size, too early to tell. But so far, that relationship seems to be going well. Uh, Another coaching hire that I thought was a little bit interesting at the time was Paul Maurice in Florida. I I think it was kind of really shocking that they hired him, to be honest. It just didn't seem like a good fit from my perspective, especially just how he ran the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, in terms of getting to a certain plateau and not being able to exceed that. And, you know, that's a problem that the Florida Panthers have. And so why would Paul Maurice be the guy? And I think to me, the, the Panthers are a question mark. I think no question they have the talent, but is he the right coach to lead them? And what do you think so far? Well, I mean, obviously I, I saw the game uh, last night uh, against the Islanders. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that surprised me, uh, the Florida Panthers, uh, known more of a as an offensive-minded team, not paying as much attention to defense, kind of uh, relying on their goaltending and, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky to bail them out when they make mistakes. I think their defense was a lot more solid last night against the Islanders. They gave up uh, a lot of shots, but not a lot of quality scoring opportunities. And I think over the long run, if Maurice's uh, attention to defense sticks with this team, and I don't know if it will, but that may be help for what ails them now. Whether he could take them to that next level, that's a different issue. But I think that uh, having more of a defensive-minded coach as opposed to Andrew Burnett, who was more of an offensive-minded coach, that may help the Florida Panthers come playoff time. 
Yeah, I, I think so as well. But again, for me, they're absolutely a team to watch in terms of coach and results combinations Agreed. out there. Uh, I, I do have to talk about John Tortorella and yeah. my Philadelphia Flyers. I think it was one of the splashiest hires coaching wise in the offseason. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on this show, I've talked about on the Flyers show many times is that, you know, what GM Chuck Fletcher did didn't seem to align with a coach like John Tortorella. We talked about the Flyers win five to two in that first segment. And one of the things about that game was the Flyers blocked 28 shots, which is absolutely vintage John Tortorella. And you saw from the Flyers an aggressiveness along the boards. And uh, at least for good portions of the game, they were really strong on the forecheck. I think they had some lapses, but you could see the beginnings of a John Tortorella style system being put into place there. And it could get the Flyers a few more wins than maybe were expected uh, if they can continue that. I think it will get them a few more wins than expected, but if the plan was to sort of tank and get that lottery pick that you're looking for. John Tortorella is not your man. Uh, so I, like we've discussed, it's kind of contradictory in some ways. Yes and no. I think that uh, despite a lot of Flyers fans and myself included to some degree wanting to get that Connor Bedard pick, I just don't think it's realistic. And I also think with the draft being so deep next year that, you know, somewhere picking anywhere in the top five is going to get a good player. So I think they'll get him a few more wins to maybe knock him out of that top spot. But I think that especially with Arizona and Chicago, which we're going to talk about next, uh, I just think that Tortorella getting them a few more wins and building some confidence with the younger players is a good thing in the long run. And, oh, I agree with that. I, and yeah. and I, I think he will, he will accomplish that for the Flyers. How long he remains effective is always a question. There seems to be a kind of a two or three year shelf life for John Tortorella at most of his stops, but, uh, you know, is he a solid coach who's going to get more out of this Flyers team this year than a lot of other choices? Absolutely. I think he is. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Luke Richardson in Chicago is an interesting test case for him because obviously Chicago is one of those bottom dwelling teams expected to be high in that draft lottery and they are absolutely in a rebuild and to have a guy who was an assistant coach who, you know, was part of that Canadiens uh, run to the Stanley Cup final and, you know, was a key part of that Stanley Cup run with a, you know, unexpected team. To me, that bodes well. And for Richardson to come in with low pressure stakes in his, his first season to just really start building the foundation for a team of the future I think this is a really interesting relationship to watch. How does he deal with the core vets that are still around uh, knowing that Patrick Kane is, is likely on the, the trading block at, at the deadline and what can he do with some of the younger players there? Uh, I think that it's a, a really good challenge for him. It is. It, it, it's a challenge. And you know, the, the one thing about it is that for Luke Richardson this year, there isn't a lot of pressure to win. It's, it's a question of starting to 
figure out who on this roster is staying, who can we build around, who's good enough, and and to sort of sort of implement a system that's going to eventually win for this franchise. So, uh, you know, it, if they lose 50 games this year, nobody's going to bat an eye. Everybody's going to expect that. It's a question of starting to lay the foundation for a future, and I think it's an interesting choice to go with Luke Richardson. And uh, it, the key for the Blackhawks, I think, by the end of this season, are they playing better hockey than they were in the beginning of the season? Yeah, I, I think that's that's true. Just getting back down to those fundamentals. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is Jim Montgomery in Boston. I think that, you know, for him, obviously he went through some personal issues and then he was an assistant coach with the Blues and, you know, Bruce Cassidy, who we've already talked about in this segment, uh, was fired. And so, you know, bringing Jim Montgomery and who is an excellent coach, I was honestly hoping maybe the flyers would hire him <laughs> but uh I, I think that he is actually the perfect guy to get the most out of the bruins and what could be the last core year with some of those older guys right i mean they seem to be ageless and ancient at the same time and <laughs> uh but I, I do think jim montgomery knows how to get the best out of his players and they're off to a good start they are a nice five to two win uh, on the road to start the season. And I, I like this hire. I, I don't blame you for wanting him for Philadelphia. Uh, Montgomery probably going to get the most out of these veterans. Father time is undefeated. The window may be this year and maybe next year, but uh, they're going to give it their best shot. And I think it was a good hire to, to add Jim Montgomery. Absolutely. All right. There are some other new coaches. We'll leave them for another time and check in on how they're doing as well. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about the weekend ahead in the NHL. All right, Gil, this is a really interesting weekend in the NHL. Uh, kind of a light Friday an extremely busy Saturday, and then no games on Sunday. Uh, we were speculating before recording that maybe that's due to the NFL and Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, kind of want to keep that competition light. But, uh, man, there are some really good ones. I think that, for me, tonight's matchup of Tampa Bay at Columbus, uh, with Columbus being down one Patrick Line, I think uh, it'll be an interesting test for Columbus. And with Tampa losing to the Rangers on opening night, they're going to want to look to recover from that. And I, I just think that for a team like Columbus, which is trying to take that step forward, having a successful game against Tampa would go a long way. It really would. And, you know, both these teams lost their first game of the year. So that doesn't help uh, either one of them. It puts a little bit more desperation here. Columbus, uh, a win over Tampa Bay would be big. They are trying to, you know, they, they made some big moves in the offseason. And now they have to sort of get the, the talent together and gel. It may take a little time but a big game for Columbus at home against Tampa Bay on Friday. Yeah, tonight. 
Yeah, I just I think the rest of the games are really like lopsided ones tonight. <laughs> but uh, I think that Montreal at Detroit is going to also be interesting just because Detroit is one of those teams for me that I want to watch and see how they progress with their young players. And, and I think Montreal is just looking to figure out what they have. And so it's a good data point kind of game for some teams that are looking to build toward the future. And then that's why I would tune in to that one. Yeah. And I think it'll be an entertaining game season opener for Detroit. So they're going to try to get their season off to a good start. And, you know, Montreal played much better last year after they made the coaching change. It'll be interesting to see if they can get off to the two and Oh start and, and, and see how, I mean, I don't expect them to contend, but the longer that they can sustain a good start, the better off they'll be. Yeah, and then on Saturday, 14 games. So 28 of the 32 teams in the NHL are going to be hitting the ice. It's it's going to be a tough thing to try and get to all of them. <laughs> but uh, I think for me, again, I'm early season. I'm all about the data points and seeing, you know, what is the baseline for some of these teams to start the season. And so for me, I want to watch the Florida Panthers at Buffalo Sabres because I'm very interested in the Sabres as an up and coming team. And uh, I want to see what they can do against a high powered team like Florida. Yeah, that's an interesting game. And and Buffalo is one of those young teams that has a lot of talent. But, you know, are they ready now to contend or are they still a year away? A tough home game against Florida, the team that won the President's Trophy a year ago, is a good benchmark for Buffalo. And then uh, Ottawa at Toronto. I think that, again, the expectations, as always, are very, very high for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've got all those stars. And Ottawa is an up-and-coming team that took some huge steps forward this offseason and are looking to really contend for a playoff spot. And so uh, I think that they are a popular team to root for as an underdog this season. And this is a great underdog scenario for them. It is. And then you add the rivalry between these two teams and it's a divisional game as well. Uh, you know, the early game on Hockey Night in Canada, bring it. I I'm ready. Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada. I love it. Yeah. Any any games that you're looking at this weekend as well? Uh, I I'm liking Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting battle. You got some real high powered uh, offensive teams going at each other. Early in the season, again, Tampa Bay losing their first game. You don't want to start 0-2 if you can help it. And, uh, you know, to me, uh, some real good stars in this game on both teams that will make it entertaining to watch. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, for the late games, I think flipping between Vegas at Seattle and the Battle of Alberta is a good way to spend your night. I think that those are always fun games, especially Calgary at Edmonton. And I think Edmonton has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in terms of wanting to be that team that people predict to win the Stanley Cup. And some have, honestly. But Calgary is, uh, I think, looking to prove that they can take that next step and get there as well. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. And, and, and don't sleep on Calgary. They made a lot of changes. I mean, first team ever 
to lose two 100-point scorers from the previous season over the offseason, and yet a lot of people think they are even stronger this year than they were a year ago. And anytime you have a Calgary-Edmonton Battle of Alberta game, it's worth the price of admission to watch. It really is. Uh, Gil, thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Of course, you'll be back Monday. You're going to talk to some of the other Locked On hosts from around the NHL, talking about the highlights of what's going on with their teams. We'll both be back next Friday. We'll recap the week that was and look ahead to next weekend's slate of games. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, Gills on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Uh, any parting thoughts for the weekend, Gil? Uh, just enjoy the weekend and, and the first full weekend of hockey action. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And thanks for making us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steele Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.